Hello and welcome to the e-commerce playbook podcast. My name is Andrew Ferris, and this is like my fourth attempt at recording the intro today. So I'm not going to draw it out so as not to make a mistake again. If you don't know what this show is, go backwards. Listen to any of the old episodes. I go through who we are and what we do today on the show. What I'm talking about is email. I want to talk about some study we've been doing on our list for Bamboo Earth. Uh, particularly related to purchase behavior relative to when customers have signed up, as well as uh, how we are converting people over the long tail. All right, so last week on the show, I I talked about uh, sort of the dangers of getting too tactical all the time. And this week, I'm going to go the uh, extreme other way, 180 degrees, and just just go pure tactics today um, and pure data. And the reason why, actually, is both because it's real time what's happening in, in our businesses as we're thinking about some things, and, um, and also because I think it's actually helpful to hear that kind of back and forth because the, the actual um, truth of running a business like this is that you need all of these things in some way or another, and people are going to spend more time at the sort of pure effort and grit level and just make it push things through. And other people are going to get really tactical and data-driven. And um, I really have come to think there's a there's a serious purpose to having both. So uh, so I want to tell you about this. And particularly I'm, what I want to tell you about is my email list. I'm, I'm not going to say much about Apple's email privacy stuff. Um, I don't really have any... I, I just haven't honestly looked closely enough at it yet to have real developed thoughts on it. Um, and so, so I'm not totally there yet. Uh, what I know right now is that I have, for Bamboo Earth, roughly 250,000 email addresses on hand. And a lot of those people haven't bought. <laughs> so I, I think I mentioned on the show before that like there's like 130,000 email addresses of customers who um, have opened an email sometime in the last six months, and that's a broad timeline, uh, but have not bought in the last six months. Um, so, so there's a huge portion of that list that um, that, that is at least somewhat or has at least semi-recently been relatively engaged with us and yet uh, hasn't bought from us for a long time. And and some of those people are not, um, I mean, it's, plenty of those people have bought at some point before, but plenty of them haven't. I, I think at the total list, there's a couple hundred thousand in there who have never bought from us, whether they've opened emails or not, uh, you know, out of the total list. It might not be that many, but there's a lot is the point. And so, so we've been starting to study a little bit more like, wait a minute, that's a huge asset that we're sitting on. Um, email list from customers that we really only get email addresses a couple ways with Bamboo Earth. We get um, through our skin quiz. That's the number one way we do it. Uh, and then, you know, of course at checkout and those sorts of things. Um, but that's, that's really it. We've done at times little other pop-up offers and stuff, but that's, that's the vast majority of the list. So it's good quality email addresses. There's people who have taken our skin quiz and have given us their information. So that's the uh, that's the, the basis of the list. So in, in so uh, the reason I, I mention that is because this list, uh, perf- the performance of the list is actually super interesting. So um, a huge portion, of course, of customers on our email list um, buy from us the day they give us their email address. Um, what we call sort of as you look at this data, day zero. The day of submission of email is the day that our customers have bought. Uh, I should say a huge portion of our customers buy on day zero relative to when they give us their email list or their email address, okay? Um, So uh, that is, of course, always going to be the case that people give you their email address and they buy and that's why you have the information. So about 60% of our customers are those people. They, They buy on sort of day zero 
relative to their to their email submission. So there you go. Um, not 60% of our email list buys, but that of our customers, 60% of the ones who give us their email address buy on day zero. Okay. So there's that, right? So obviously, you know, that's your basic conversion rate optimization kind of stuff. If you want to get that number up, uh, you know, all of this sort of stuff you do, the more you can, people you can convert on first touch, then the better. And you're going to, you're going to get more day zero customers. But what I really want to think about is everything after day zero. Because that's what I'm talking about with this giant list. And, um, and, and maybe for you, if your business is struggling or if you're just looking at this like I am and going, man, this is a massive untapped asset. No matter how big your business is, your email list is probably relative to it in, in some way um, in size. Uh, and so, so just kind of thinking about that and going, how do I maximize the value of this list? Well, um, it's interesting if you start and you sort of start to go out from day zero and look at the timeline of purchases. So uh, the next 20% of customers or so by by about day 40 um, f- from when they've submitted their email address. So that's actually a big chunk of people. And the distribution of that is actually broader than you would think. I mean, it, it declines pretty quickly in terms of um, and in terms of the fall off, right? So it goes day zero, a huge portion of customers. And then one day out is an, another really big portion of customers. And then day two and day three and day four. And it just kind of slowly ticks down uh, how many... Um, sort of how many customers are buying on those days. It slowly ticks down and eventually levels out. But it takes about 40 days before you get the next 20% of customers having purchased. And and that's actually a pretty long time. When you think about sort of uh, how people think about their email lists, a lot of times you're setting up automated flows where, um, where after a week or three emails or whatever, people fall out of your automations and you're not emailing very much and um, and, and I think, so one of my immediate takeaways from looking at this data is like, there are still a good number of people who are going to buy for the first time 40 days after they've submitted their email address. So, so as a start, don't give up on them. Okay. And then once you get to about day 100, now you've moved to roughly the next 10% of your list. Okay. So, uh, 60% of customers buy on day zero for Bamboo Earth. Next 20% buy uh, in the next 40 days. And then in the next 60 days after that, another 10% buy. Now you're talking about more incremental uh, uh, growth of that purchase. And by the way, customers do keep buying for a long time. Like there's another 10% of customers still out there. And some of those don't buy for the first time until, I'm serious, I have this number at like 380 days after they've given you their email address which is crazy, right? That there is latent value capture, not much, but there is latent value capture that far down from when somebody first gave you their email address, okay? So if you start to sort of think about this, there's sort of like your your customers who buy right away. Let's put them in one bucket. That's your that's your 60%, okay? And then there's your like next month plus customers. Uh, really, you could even break this into like your next week and then your next month and then your next three months and sort of think about those lists and then your next year, right? Sort of think about those lists like that. Maybe the easy way to do it would be, um, you know, first day, first week, first month, first quarter, first year, and sort of think that way. And of course, each group gets smaller and smaller. If you if you track what I'm saying here, that um, but uh, that that there's less and less customers there. But there are not no customers there. There are still people from those lists who are going to buy for the first time that far away. Now, I, again, now you can make a mistake here by over um, extrapolating this. Oh, we have all these email addresses, so we're going to have a huge Black Friday. And like, maybe, okay, maybe. 
maybe your Black Friday will be big. And, and I'm curious, actually, how this will work out with SMS. I haven't done this work on SMS, but uh, I, I wonder because you're very likely to get opened via SMS or at least seen via SMS relative to email, um, that you actually might be able to get more latent value capture with that list than you would Otherwise, I'm not sure. Um, I, I don't have data for that, but it's just a thought. Like it's, it seems to me that very likely that after a year, um, you know, a lot of these email addresses are going to end up in the promotions folder or the spam folder or whatever. So, um, so you have to be careful about all that stuff. But, uh, but there is latent value capture is what I'm saying, and that's an important thing to realize because that means one thing I want you to hear is to not give up on your email list. <laughs> not give up on your past customers, to think about what will it take to get them. Now, you have to be really careful here because what I've seen people do plenty of times, and this is kind of email 101 in some ways, is, is um, if you batch and blast your emails, by which I mean if you make every email send ascend to your full list, then you're going to end up with very low open rates and you could even get in trouble um, in terms of ending, you know, being marked as spam or even um, blacklisted from... Um, from inboxes, uh, and that can be a real problem. If, you're in, if your open rate is consistently under 10%, that's, that's where you're running that risk. So that's just kind of a baseline way to think about it. Your open rate should not get that low, okay? And typically, and I've heard people talk about, like, why is my open rate so low, et cetera? And I've heard people say, well, did you test your subject lines? Did you da, da, da? If your open rate is too low, the fundamental problem is who you're sending it to, okay? And this is another classic thing. Um, the better quality the person is on, on your email list, the more likely it is they're going to open it. So the, the, that means if you send to worse quality people, uh, by which I mean sort of less engaged people, okay, uh, worse quality email addresses, you're going to get a lower open rate. On the extreme ends, these are um, your 15-time customers who open every one of your emails. I mean, maybe, maybe this is your mom, basically, um, on one end, who will open anything you send and will click on it and will buy stuff from it. Okay, that person is going to have literally a 100% open rate. All the way to the other extreme is um, is probably like a list that you buy. And I've seen um, services that do this and sell email lists, etc., where you're going to get very, very, very low open rates if they did not even opt in to giving you their email address, even if they opted in to giving somebody their email address, right? So that's where you're going to get to like sub 3% open rates, etc. Um, and this spans from there. So if you are sending email regularly to people who have been on your email list but have not opened an email from you for six months, you're going to get a very low open rate. If you're sending emails to people who have... Um, who've opened recently, you're going to get a much better open rate, etc. So open rate in that respect can actually be a vanity metric. I, like I don't really care about it um, because at the end of the day, an email address is worthless to me if it is if it is not uh, an engaged customer at all. If, if the customer is totally disengaged from the brand, the email address does not matter to me. So occasionally it's probably worth sending out to broader lists as long as you're not going to you know risk getting penalized. And I'm not a deep enough email expert um, to tell you how often you can get away with doing that. But at some point you can. But and, but here's what I'm saying. There are, what is clearly the case, still customers out there who have given you their email address who are somewhat, in some way, potentially engaged with the brand who are going to buy from you later. Those of us who have spent a lot of time on direct response advertising have a hard time remembering this but um, because we're always measuring things in terms of ROAS and sort of right away returns on your money. But the reality actually is that many people make a purchase decision over a very long period of time for all kinds of reasons. Maybe in my skincare world, they're like, ah, I'm not so sure about this. It's, you know, it's too expensive, blah, blah, blah. And then they, 
and but they still follow us on Instagram because they like Amber's posts, so they they still um, are happy to open emails because Amber writes encouraging emails to them, etc. And so maybe maybe they do that, and um, and they try their other skincare stuff. Uh, they, you know, they go to four other skincare brands. They don't like them. They don't work. Whatever. And they're like, you know what? I'm gonna try Bamboo Earth, and then they come and buy, whether they like it or not. That can happen, and that's a real thing. So. While recognizing that you have to be careful with engagement, uh, uh, with the engagement of your list and not oversending to people, there is a there is still latent value capture to be had on email. And this is another thing that people uh, um, underplay, which is that um, capturing lots of email addresses never feels like the most important thing to do in a business. It's like, ah, do I really need to get, do I really need to take my email capture rate from 5% to 6%, you know, on, on my pop-up or whatever, you know? Uh, is it really that important? Well, that's 20% more email addresses you get. And over a long period of time, that adds up big time. It will never feel like the most important thing to do today because it doesn't create value today necessarily in the same way though. You know, you're, you're always dealing with um, subsets of subsets when you're talking about conversion rates. So it's, it ends up being a small group of people, but it can really matter um, in the short, in the, in the long term, uh, as, as you get touch points with, with uh, customers who maybe aren't ready to buy today, but they're interested in your content, especially if you're sending good content over a long time. Okay, so, um, and really, by the way, I'd be aiming at 10%, somewhere around 10%, depending on if you're talking about mobile or desktop, mostly, depends. But uh, anyway, 10% would be a good good um, email capture rate to be getting on your pop-up. Um, so, okay, so, uh, email, so long tail value. Okay, so having said all that, there's one other observation that I want to make uh, that was some data that one of our team members pulled, actually uh, a team member's brother is a data scientist, pulled um, to look at the value of our email list, okay? Um, and to look at particularly what happens over that longer tail, okay? So for so for Bamboo Earth, for all customers who signed up for our emails, and this is the thing I want to get at is discounting, okay? Um, for all customers that signed up for emails, uh, actually, I'm going to step back. The reason I want to talk about discounting is that I think one of the ways to think about tactical, targeted, strategic discounting instead of just blanket discounting um, is to think about wh- how the customers engage with your brand and what you're trying to sell them in the past or what you're trying to sell them now. Okay, So how they've been engaged in the past, what you're trying to sell them now. So for example, if a customer has been on my email list for six months and they have not purchased from me, I am more than happy to send them a discount because it is going to be much cheaper for me once I have captured that email address to give them 20% off than it is to go be, to acquire a new customer completely. Okay. Much cheaper. And so I'm willing to do that. Uh, so, so now the question a lot of times is where's the cutoff point? And I've seen all kinds of studies about this. And what I mean by the cutoff point is at what point is a customer very unlikely to buy without a discount? Okay. I, I've seen some people do this math and say it's after seven days. Basically, if you get, a, if you get through a week on uh, on this company's email list and they um, on, or on my brand's email list and you have not bought from me, I'm going to start sending you aggressive discounts because uh, at that point, it's again, much cheaper to not lose that customer than it is to acquire a new one. And therefore, I'm happy to send you the discount as long as you are not an absolutely never discounting brand, you know, sort of super premium, whatever. And I'm happy to send you a discount and then put you in my discount bucket and send you discounts for forever because you're the kind of customer who seems to be only buying on discount, right? Now, again, whatever that cutoff point is, this is not an excuse to do bad marketing. If, let's say seven days is right. If 
if in those first seven days, that's when the person is most likely to buy, one of the things that it is incumbent upon you as a marketer to do is to do your absolute best to try to provide enough value to justify the price that you are charging. If you can never justify that price, if you, if, then you do not have pricing power there, okay? And, and, uh, and therefore, it's like, you know, it's, it's an actual marketing problem and your price is maybe too high unless that's, you know, your strategy is sort of market everything high and then discount, okay? So, which is some people's strategy and that's fine. Uh, there's nothing immoral about that. Uh, it just is what it is. So, so, okay, so if you do that, um, then it's, first of all, one of your goals is how do I make it very clear within those first seven days that I am providing tons of value? So that's job number one. But then if there is a point at which a lot, I mean, no matter how good you are at that, you are going to leave customers on the table. That's the point. If you, if you can convert 25% of your email list within a week of getting it, and you can't, but if you could, okay, within a week of um, getting, um, getting those email addresses, if you could do that, you still have three out of every four people who, who are just sitting there on your email list doing absolutely nothing for generating value for your brand and for whom you are not generating any value, really, okay? And what we know from the study that I'm telling you about is that plenty of those people actually will buy over a longer period of time. Um, you know, maybe, maybe even 25% of your customers are gonna take a long period of time to go buy. Um, and I'm giving you bamboo earth data because that's what I have on hand, but we've looked at this very same thing for modern fuel and seen similar things going on. That there's a subset of customers who simply won't buy right away, okay? So, so okay, so find that, so if you find that cutoff point, here, let, me tell you, let me tell you the cutoff points that we have seen, some data around this, and we're actually still digging here, some data around this for bamboo earth, okay? For all customers that signed up for emails, for all of those customers, so anybody who signed up for an email and who actually bought, about 12% of them converted with a discount, okay? About 12% if they signed up for an email and they, um, and they converted at all. So that's a lot, actually, decent number. Okay, but if the customer converted after 30 days, about 20% signed up, uh, converted with a discount. So, so, so there's, um, in this data set, there's 1,700, just over 1,700 customers who converted some, who, who signed up for email and converted at some point. And that, that point of conversion was after 30 days. About one in five of those um, converted with a discount. So just hear that. Of the total list, 12% converted with a discount. Well, after 30 days, 20% converted with a discount. And that 12% includes the 20%, okay? Then from there, of all the customers who signed up for emails and converted after 100 days, 26% converted with a discount, okay? So... The number, what, what I'm saying is the number goes way up over time. Now, the causality is interesting there because first of all, Bamboo doesn't actually offer tons of discounts. We do an occasional sale or something uh, in some way or another, but we don't do this a lot. And so that means that this is not like, there's no automation that says in 180 days, send somebody an email for 20% off. So it's not like we're causing that that way. Um, it's just that very occasionally we will run some kind of a sale. And what this is saying is that a large portion of the customers who don't buy, except for over the long period of time, that, that, that group of, the, the group of customers who buys with a discount goes way, 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 way up. Okay, so they're not buying, they're not buying, they're not buying, they're not buying. And then eventually they get an email that says, hey, here's 20% off or whatever. Then that's when they go and they make the decision, okay, fine, I will buy from this company. The thing is, that's fine. Some customers are going to be like that. 
I'm okay with that. I like discounts too. Everybody likes discounts, okay? It, it feels nice to pay less for something, especially if the brand usually charges more for it, and especially if you know they usually charge more for it, right? Like if it's not like the gap where there's a discount every week in a different way. And, and so what this gets at is that uh, if customers are waiting that long, then um, probably it's worth thinking more strategically about discounts on that. Like, like maybe the answer is reduce the frequency of sends to those people so that you don't churn them off your list because they're like, oh my gosh, this, this brand sends me too many emails. But increase the frequency of discounts. Start sending them a bunch of different offers all the time. Just make it like, hey, here you go. Here's a different discount that you can get. Um, and you didn't like that one. Okay, great. Maybe you're not a 20% off person, but maybe if we throw you a gift with purchase, maybe you're the kind of person who loves that. Or maybe you're a BOGO 50% or something like that. Um, once you get that longer tail, then that's when you send it. And what, what you'll see here is that, and what I know for a fact is that lots of good brands handle their discounting precisely this way. They take customers and they bucket them off into a segment. And if you are a full price customer, you're never going to see a discount email from them. You're just not going to because you're clearly willing to pay the price that they are charging at full price for their product, okay? But if you are the kind of customer who, who is on their email list but has not bought from them, then over longer periods of time, it's very likely that you're going to start seeing more and more emails, um, uh, seeing more and more discounts like this. Uh, and so uh, there is an element here of value to be captured. It just requires maybe changing up your strategy over the longer term. So um, I'm going to start looking at this same data for all of our brands, actually, and start thinking more about how we can do this. I don't have any brand that's an absolutely hard, no discount brand. Like we will never do it. I don't know. Modern Fuel is probably the closest to that right now. Um, but I don't even know if we'll leave, we'll do that there because I'm pretty happy to say, well, if we have your email address and you're interested enough and you really want one of these pens, that's ah, probably worth it for us to do that. I, I don't know. I mean, I always worry about this with discounting that I'm going to somehow hurt our pricing power, especially on a premium product like that. But, uh, but, I, but I think it's uh, it's probably worth doing. What this data is showing me is that at some point, the way to get value out of that list, I mean, don't get me wrong, it shouldn't be an excuse to do bad marketing, but at some point, offer the discount, be okay with it, and then keep offering that person discounts for a long time because that's just their buying habits. That's it this week. Like I said, super tactical um, and, and thinking about this issue. I think probably uh, like all email marketing, it's so much about segmentation. And so if you can get really great at thinking through how, um, what kind of content goes to what kind of person at what time, you can be a great email marketer. It's really all about that, digging into that as far as you possibly can, creating segments and then hitting them with the right content at the right time. It's tough. Uh, but, uh, but there's a lot of value to be gained by thinking through your list that way. Uh, sort of slice it and dice it uh, and then go for it. For me, like, you know, we're going to probably start playing with a few more ways of discounting like this and think about what product sets we do. And I know for me, I'm pretty willing to say like, hey, if you bought for the first time ever with a discount, I'm just going to keep firing off discounts to you because you're clearly that kind of customer. It's a weird thing to think about, but it's just one of the behaviors that uh, is part of how some people buy. They just aren't going to buy without a discount. I might want them to be my customer anyway. So there you go. Uh, I'm, I'm going back over what I just said because I'm excited about it. So uh, but, but that's the basic idea. Hey, if this is helpful to you, I am always so grateful if you uh, tell a friend about it, give us a rating and review, and, and also just um, reach out to me. People continue to do that on uh, Twitter and by email. You can email me at podcast at 4x400.com or you can, um, 
you can hit me up on Twitter at Andrew J. Ferris. I would love to talk to you there as well. I've been a little slower to Twitter recently and just not, not quite as engaged as before. Um, a lot going on. My sister got married recently. And, uh, got a one and a half year old, you know, so a little less Twitter time than I would like, but uh, that's all right. Um, uh, hopefully things will slow down here a little bit as we get into the summer and, and, uh, and I'll be able to, to, to jump back in. All right. Thanks very much for listening. I'm rambling now. I hope everything is going great with you and we'll see you next time.